Hey, Gathering Midtown, glad to be with you today. Uh, today, we find ourselves at the tail end of this sermon series, Words We Need, uh, and I'm really glad to be able to share with you some words from Jesus. Um, I'm not sure who of y'all uh, is into the Chosen series that came out last year, but it is absolutely phenomenal. We love it. Uh, Sydney and I watch it. I know Drew and Shari have gotten into it as well. So many people uh, that we know have, have found it and have really fallen in love with it. If you've if you've not found it yet or you don't know about it, I highly recommend it. Um, it's just really well done. Cinematography, writing, the way they um, just visually bring to life uh, the stories of the scripture and the gospels. Um, it's amazing. Um, in season two, uh, episode three of the series, there's a scene at the end of that episode. And I'm not necessarily going to you know, do a ton of spoiler alerts here. I mean, it is a 2,000-year-old story, so if you don't know it by now, that's on you. Uh, but it's it's really cool because Jesus comes back from a long day of healing people and being with God's people, and he comes back uh, to a fight that the disciples are having with one another. And they're bickering about things that they think are important things that they feel like they should give their lives to. And Jesus just shows up and quietly walks by, says goodnight to them, and goes to his tent. It's then that his mother shows up, walks over to him, and quietly um, begins washing his feet and caring for his son. And the disciples turn and watch and realize that the things they're fighting about, their bickering, their desire for their opinion to be the one that matters most melts away. And in the cinematography of the episode, you can see the actors portraying this so beautifully. Highly recommend it. It's great. And that's going to be what we're talking about today in this message. We're going to be reading from the book of Mark chapter 2. So Turn with me there. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. You're free to read out of whatever version you'd like. Uh, again, Mark chapter 2, and we're going to be reading verses 13 through 17. Read with me. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the word of the Lord. So first off, something I want to talk to you about real briefly, and I just want to bring it to light because it's actually what we're going to be doing during this sermon, is we're going to be doing a little bit of what's called exegesis, basically taking the scriptures and seeing what the scriptures say about the scriptures. 
This practice actually helps us because it, it, what it reveals to us is that you don't have to be some theological giant to understand what the Bible is saying. And so we're going to kind of dive into that today. Um, it's this idea that we can read the word with the help and the assistance and the, and the voice of the Holy Spirit and learn about the Lord our God, learn about the kingdom, and learn about who Jesus was and still is today. It's the idea that the flowers and the fruit are right here on top for the taking. So let's do it. Let's dive right in. We're going to start out with actually the fourth word that we've read here in this passage. He went out again. That word again, what does that word do for us? Well, it tells us that something has been happening or has happened in the past that we might want to go reference. So let's do that. Uh, in your Bible or in your app or whatever, go back to Mark 1. We have to go back a very short amount of distance there just to get back to give us a, a, to a to get back to a place where we can get some context. So we start out and we realize that Mark dives right into the person of John the Baptist. He goes into the baptism of Jesus, Jesus's uh, trip and journey into the desert, his coming out of the desert, his picking a few disciples to start off his journey with, and then Mark starts to account immediately the acts and the miracles of Jesus as he is dealing with people who are possessed, people who are sick, people who are disabled. And so we see this immediately, uh, Mark immediately launching us into the miracle ministry of Jesus. And that puts us right back to where we started our message today in Mark 2, verse 13. So he went out again. So it means he's been doing this act of going out amongst the people of God to do miracles, to minister to them, to love them and care for them and to heal them. Beside the sea, what sea? The Sea of Galilee. Jesus is in the northern part of the region of Galilee right now, probably right on the shoreline uh, in the town of Capernaum. Capernaum was a fishing village. That's where a lot of the villages surrounding the Sea of Galilee were. And so he's hanging out with his disciples there. It's probably the same exact place where he first called James, John, and Peter. All the crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them. There were hillsides in that region. So it was very easy for Jesus to be able to stand on the top of a hill and speak down to the people who wanted to learn from him. It was a, it was a way to kind of have a natural amphitheater for teaching. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. So we'll stop there again. And what do we know? We know that Levi was a tax collector. And some of you may have heard this in previous sermons or learned it on your own before, but tax collectors were absolutely despised by the Jewish people. Why? Well, we know that they were chosen by the Roman government. They were Jews who were chosen by the Roman government to be the ones who were essentially the scapegoats. They were the ones that were to collect the taxes of the Jewish people for the Roman government. So from a Jewish perspective, Levi, Matthew, was a, um, he turned his back on his own people and decided that he would not only collect their taxes, but line his pockets with money as well. He was sitting at the tax, tax, uh, at the tax booth and he said to him, Jesus said to Levi, follow me. And Levi rose and followed Jesus. 
Now let's take a moment and stop here. This actually leads me to another moment in the uh, series, The Chosen. Um, it's episode, uh, one, uh, season one, episode seven, actually, where this occurs. And, and they give a visual to, to this situation, to this episode in Jesus's life, where uh, Jesus is walking through a town with some of his disciples, and you see him stop and turn towards Levi, who's at the tax booth, and he calls him to himself. And when he does that, the other disciples look at Jesus as if Jesus has just made a massive mistake. Jesus messed up. You, what are you doing? That's, do you know who that is? Jesus ignores them and says, when Levi gets to him, will you follow me? To which Levi does. So now we move into the second part of the, of the story here. And as he reclined at table in his house. So let's stop again. Who's he and who's his? Well, we know that uh, Jesus uh, invited, either invited himself or was invited by Levi to the home for a meal that night. So as Jesus reclined at table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Isn't it interesting that the other people at table with Jesus were tax collectors and sinners? I have to believe that these may have been the only people that Levi could have made friends with. They're the only people who could empathize with his plight, with his situation, who understood the weight he carried, the way that he was shunned by his society, the hate he experienced from his neighbors and the other Jewish people in the community. That's who was there at the table with Jesus and the disciples. Here's an important part we're coming up to. We're starting in verse 16. And the scribes of the Pharisees stop. Not the Pharisees, the scribes of the Pharisees, the guys who sat in the corner writing down the things that the Pharisees said during their sermons or messages or teachings. The Pharisees didn't want to trouble themselves to go. They, they sent the scribes to do it for them. And when these scribes saw that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, again, let's pause. So not only do we not have the Pharisees doing their own dirty work, they send their scribes to do it, but the scribes don't even have enough gumption to go to Jesus himself. They subvert him and they go to the disciples. We're not gonna, we're not gonna deal with the person that we really want answers from. We're too scared and fearful for that. We'll go to his disciples. Now, it may have been that his disciples were keeping watch at the door, so they were the first people that they encountered. But they began asking questions to the disciples first and not Jesus. Again, they asked their, his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, so think about that. Think about that for a moment. Jesus overhears that there's a conversation going on about him outside of the door, outside of the gate, outside of the garden wall of Levi's home. And he says, no, 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 no. If you want to talk about me, you will talk to me. And he goes out and he meets these scribes face to face. And what does he say to them? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, 
Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, the sinners. He's laying out not only for the scribes, but for the Pharisees and the sinners and the tax collectors who are all there within earshot. He's saying, I'm not bringing a kingdom of the world. I'm bringing a kingdom that is different from anything you've ever seen or heard or learned about. I'm bringing a kingdom that heals the inner part of the person. And, and contrast this to what he's actually just been doing the last couple of maybe days or weeks. He's been out in the towns, out in the countryside, healing people's physical ailments. Do, do, do you see what Jesus is revealing? Little by little, he's saying, yes, I'm coming to heal the broken physically. I'm coming to cast out demons, but I'm also coming to those who are hurting and broken inside, in their spirits, in their hearts, and I'm bringing healing to those people. He's revealing to the disciples, this is how you love. This is how you bring people in. This is how you build the kingdom. I think it's also really, really important that we realize what was actually happening at the dinner in Levi's home. We have a situation where you have uh, the sinners and the tax collectors, the, the undesirables of the community, the unwanted people, along with the disciples who are probably still wide-eyed watching Jesus internally saying, what are we doing here? And Jesus reclined, probably enjoying a glass of wine and very good food, probably laughing and sharing new perspectives on truth with the people across the table from him. And the practice in that day is that you would either recline on one of your arms uh, on some pillows, and so everyone basically being laying, would be lying down in, in some form or fashion, or you would actually turn your back with one side towards the table and actually use another person's back as your back rests. So you'd be resting alongside others. So it's this very restful kind of lighthearted situation where people are sharing good food and stories and listening and understanding one another in a way that wasn't combative. You have the disciples who think that they are now on some journey that they don't fully understand. Jesus is not fully revealed to them yet. And yet they're sitting with this man who is the Messiah and they're sitting with men who are the dregs of society, hated by almost everyone. What I wanna do is now transition our time to another gospel, to the gospel of Matthew. If you'd turn with me to Matthew 5, we're gonna be looking at verses 43 through 47. Now, before we read this, before, before you read it, hold on. I want to reiterate that Jesus in this moment was showing multiple groups of people that what he was going to teach, what his life was about, who he was, and the kingdom of God were different than anything they'd experienced before. Okay? We see him talking to the scribes. We see him talking to tax collectors and sinners. And we see him talking to the disciples, helping them all become illuminated to something new. So now let's go to Matthew 5. These are all red letters. 
You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who you love, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? You see the correlation here. Jesus is bringing a revelation to the people of earth saying we are going to be bound by something different. We're going to be bound up in me, the Son of God, who brings mercy and grace and love to the world. I want to read a list. This is a list of people who are bound together in the person of Jesus. And I want you to take notice of the contrast of all of these people. Jesus brings together Jesse Jackson and Jerry Falwell, Jim Wallace and Jim Dobson, Billy Graham and Billy Sunday and Bill Clinton and William Bill Shakespeare. Corey Tenboom and Christine Kane and Carrie Job and Bono and Bach and Galileo and Isaac Newton, Thomas Aquinas and Thomas A. Kempis and Thomas Kincaid, Amy Semple McPherson and Mother Teresa, T.S. Eliot, C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, Annie F. Downs and Beth Moore, George Washington and Denzel Washington, Jackie Hill Perry and Joyce Meyer, Constantine and Charlemagne, Sarah Palin and Barack Obama, and Abraham Lincoln, Latasha Morrison, and Robert Morris, Tim Tebow, and Tim Keller, and Tim Mackey, John Milton, Paul Bunyan, and Mr. Rogers, and Jimmy Carter, and God bless Johnny Cash. Do you see where we've landed? Do you see what Jesus is saying? He's saying that the way that the world defines us and categorizes us is now irrelevant in the kingdom because now we are categorized as sons and daughters of the king. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus in the Holy Spirit in that powerful bond that is bigger and greater than anything else. And if Jesus is the one who binds us together and it's not an if, it is an actualization that he does, then maybe that should change the way that we interact with each other in our day-to-day -day lives. No matter what you believe, what opinion you have, what side of an aisle you land on. Think of these things as you're interacting with people in your lives. Have you, humble, have you humbled yourself before you enter that interaction with them? Have you realized that maybe you're not the source of all truth and good? Are you actually willing to engage in a healthy way are you actually willing to engage with them to, to learn something rather than simply to be heard? And lastly, are you willing to listen with an open ears, with open ears, an open mind, and an open heart? Listen to that person's story. Truly come to understand and empathize with them. I want to end our time with this thought. 
Jesus meets us where we actually are in reality. He knows our plight. He knows the things we struggle with. He knows our biases and our prejudices that we have. And he says, follow me. Come and see how I love. Come and be a part of and witness and watch the building of the family that I'm putting together, is what Jesus says. It's all about Jesus, y'all. It's about watching him intently, reading his words, and following his way. So this week, realize that Jesus meets you in reality right where you are, and he's calling you to watch him as he loves and as he cares, and, he call, and as he calls the whole world, saying, follow me. Love you guys. Let's pray. Jesus, remind us that you have called us to follow you. Help us to not be scared. Help us to get out of the boat. Help us to know and to remember always that your arm is outstretched, your hand ready to grab ours. We love you, Jesus. Amen.